was in finance, ex-military, had an MBA from an Ivy. The man was made in a fucking lab. So I'm thinking to myself, maybe this is normal. He gets back from the table and I'm like, are you doing coke in the bathroom? He looks me dead in the eye and is like, do you want a bump? Welcome to Overserved and Underwhelmed. I am floored to be saying these words right now. Like, truly. This has been a concept, a thought, something I've considered doing for like six, nine months-ish, whatever. I never thought I'd actually get around to it. The procrastination is strong and the price of black market Adderall is high. So it's taken me a second to get around to, but I'm happy to be here. So for the next 20 minutes, I'll be taking you all on a journey with the melody of my voice. And from there, you can decide if you want to continue to listen to my bullshit or swipe left. It's a lot like my Hinge profile, minus the visuals. So even better for all of you. Okay, so hi. Let me introduce myself. My name is Taylor Pisa, and this is Overserved and Underwhelmed, a podcast based on starting over in your late 20s when you thought you had to have it all figured out by 30. Basically, this is for anyone whose life hasn't gone to plan, from who you'd marry to jobs, relationships, all the other left turns that life has thrown your way. I'm going to talk about my experience, how I'm navigating through. We'll talk about dating, the do's, the don'ts, the woes, more like the nightmares, um, and anything relevant to keep us all going. Shockingly, I did not wake up one morning and think to myself, I'm going to start a podcast based on going through life in your late 20s, sharing my stories and unsolicited advice, um, and hopefully hearing from all of you. It was not that moment in Legally Blonde when Professor Callahan was like, do you think she just woke up one morning and thought to herself, hmm, I think I'll go to law school today? No. Just like Elle, naturally, this all occurred because of a breakup and a man. I think my family would have so much rather preferred my outlet be law school, you know, low-key, jurors, doctor degree, no big deal, instead of stand-up, comedy, writing a podcast, but um, we're making it work and it's going to go great. So I left the dating world when I was 24 and came back into this cesspool when I was 27. And my age aside, shit has just changed in general post-pandemic. Like, I feel that people forgot social graces, manners, how the fuck to talk to each other. Like, some of the conversations I've had on Hinge um, when people respond, uh, crazy. And some of the experiences I've had, you know, on dates are just uh, worrisome, um, troublesome and worrisome. So I thought to myself after the 15th nightmare, other people have to be going through this. It's too comical not to talk about. Uh, Everyone should not panic that they are, you know, nearing 30 and have nothing figured out because I don't. So it's totally fine. (laughs) So I'm going to talk a little bit more about how the show is going to run right after I tell you a little bit about me. Uh, To set the scene a little bit, I moved out of Hoboken during the pandemic. My job was eliminated and I moved to Atlanta. I have some family down there, so I basically was there through, like, the thick of the pandemic, I want to say, like, a, like almost two years, year and a half, um, so was living with my family, working for my family, a lot of family time, um, and it was an interesting experience, just, like, on a social scene, uh, I was in a long-distance relationship during that period, and when I finally, you know, ended that and started dating again, It was like you stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, I just feel like when you're from New York or New Jersey, it just shows. Like you just show when you're from the (laughs) tri-state. 
I remember, you know, when I did start dating, going on, going out and, you know, showing up in an all black outfit, which I love an all black outfit, can go from day to night, you know, can spill your coffee on yourself. It's no big deal. But when you're showing up for a date looking like Sandy from fucking Greece and the guy across from you is in um, khaki, both like the color and the pant um, paired with a polo with their college sport team on it, um, which is a which is a lovely outfit. Uh, nothing wrong with that paired with some new balances. Uh, you just stick out like a true sore thumb and, you know, accent aside, I know it's a little bit, you know, you'll hear it with, you know, coffee, that's another thing I say. I just wanted to clarify when I say starting over, I don't just mean from the end of a relationship. I mean, I got a whole new life, <laughs> which has been great, but wanted to bring you up to speed, bring you up to present day and we'll take it from there. So now I'm back in the Manhattan area. For those of you that are familiar, I live in Hoboken, which is basically the Sheen version of the West Village. Uh, but livable, better rental prices. Um, I'm going to catch so much heat for saying that. No, no, no. I love Hoboken. My family's originally from here. So much like my credit card debt, the roots run thick and deep. Uh, I've been in the media space pretty much throughout my entire career. Started out working as a freelance reporter with Entertainment Tonight. Got to cover things like press junkets, movie premieres, fashion week. I know you're all thinking, Taylor, what the fuck? Why would you ever leave this job? But freelance is hard, guys. It is not a steady paycheck and explaining to people why you're rolling in at 3 a.m. from God only knows where in Manhattan chasing a story is not the best conversation starter. Uh, Not like hosting a podcast based on dating experiences, life, sex is going to be any easier, but I'm a little more seasoned now, so I embrace the hard-hitting questions and blank stares of what the fuck. This is probably the first time in six years I'm working the creative muscle. Uh, I studied broadcast in school. I was totally the girl rolling around campus with her tripod and lav mic that never worked, which is right on target because it took me about two hours to get this shit set up. Like old now. Anyway, uh, so mom, if you're listening, the college savings account is finally getting good, put to good use because I'm actually doing something with what I studied in school. I touched on it kind of briefly, but I do uh, write uh, comedy. I do a little bit of stand-up. So if you're interested in seeing me throw myself across the stage in a non-stripper way, uh, give me a follow at overserved underscore underwhelmed. I did not think about how truly awful that was going to have to be to say underscore underwhelmed. That is going to be a fucking bitch. Oh my god. It doesn't matter. The, it's done. It's The handle's already created, so we're just rolling with it. But um, yeah, at overserved underscore underwhelmed. Um, and that's kind of where I'll be posting a lot of what I'm doing, um, where I'll be performing, when I'll be performing. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, check it out. And like I said, I'll be throwing myself across the stage, non-stripper way. But if you feel like throwing dollar bills on the stage, I will pick them up. I will just be keeping my clothes on. All right, so I am sick of talking about myself. I feel like we covered the who, the what. Now let's get into the why. The concept of overserved and underwhelmed came after a very bad breakup. I'm coining that one, a low-key divorce. TM, trademark that shit. I have been told by a lot of people I should not say that, but as you get to know me, following directions is not my strong suit. Kind of row my own boat over here. Uh, Anyway, I thought I was going to be planning a wedding right now, not planning my exit strategy for my hinge date later, 
but life handed me lemons and I'm just adding a little Belvedere. So the end of that relationship and my experience is what kind of ignited all this. I guess you could say I had to go through that to get here. I'll be doing a full episode on what happened uh, not anytime soon. That's still like a challenging tale to tell. And I'm not trying to scare you all the way just yet. I will say this. I was the one to kind of take the walk. Uh, I chose to start over. Definitely did not make my decision any easier. But this podcast and a lot of the comedy I write is based on what it's like starting over in your late 20s um, when you you thought you had your life all planned out. Uh, I could have totally stuck it out in my situation. I, I chose not to. And I feel like I hear a lot of women at this age, this 28, 27, 29, whatever age. I know math isn't my strong suit. I should have went in consecutive order, 27 to 29, whatever. Anyway, I feel like I hear a lot of women say who are in relationships, well, like, you know, it's kind of sort of not working, but, you know, I don't want to start over. I'm afraid to start over. And I just think, like, if you are not, if you there's a semblance of this isn't working, you need to start over and not be afraid to do it. There's just, there's no timeline anymore. Um, You know, there's a hundred ways to have a kid and divorce seems like a little expensive. So I don't want to embark on that. But I think that women today in this age range live in a pressure cooker. Yeah. Like what is the thing? It's not the air fryer, um, the, the instant pot. Women today in their late 20s live in the Instant Pot. And it's not the Premier Instant Pot, not the Samsung or the Dyson version, if that exists. We're living in the one that was on sale at Kohl's 20% off. And I see a lot of women struggling with, I gotta have the fiance, the engagement ring that needs a small crane to lift my hand off the table, 50K in savings, a down payment on a house, and a golden doodle all by the time they're 30. That's like a lot. Like, I'm exhausted from just saying that. And if that's your path and you are happy and blissfully doing that, I I commend you and I am all for it. That's not a knock at anyone who's currently doing it. It's not a knock at golden doodles. I love a golden doodle. Trust me, would love to have one. Um, I can barely take care of myself, let alone a dog. So it's definitely going to be a partner thing for me. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. The point here is I have felt the effects of this pressure cooker and I was in it. I was doing the thing. I'm obviously not being single now. I I still feel it. Uh, I have friends that are moving to the suburbs. I have friends that are moving in. I have friends that are getting engaged, getting married, having babies. I come home some Saturday nights and can barely get the Trader Joe's chicken finger from the freezer to the air fryer safely, coherently, I mean, you're just on a different playing field and it's just like, oh my God, like am I behind? Should I be more ahead? Should I hit these mile markers? Why am I not hitting these mile markers? And I think that a lot of us put the pressure of 30 is the mile marker here. And I don't think it should be. And I'm not saying that starting over and doing this is easy. It's hard. It's really fucking hard and it's exhausting and it's sad and it's lonely at times. And I know I am totally not selling the starting over thing. But it really has been the best decision I made. Um, And all of this came out of it. I would have never embarked on a podcast or comedy writing, anything like this, if I didn't choose to make a change. So I'm saying, you know, it's not too late. And, you know, on this podcast, I'm definitely going to poke fun at a lot of, you know, the nuances that occur at this stage of life. Because we do make some pretty crucial, you know, decisions. They just affect, you know, the total trajectory of our lives. 
Um, this is not a podcast. It's going to be like, you know, how to give a blowjob. Um, I have a little more, you know, meat to it than that. That was not supposed to be a pun or punny. Um, oh my God. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay. So this is how the show is going to run. I'm going to have a different co-host weekly that will be friends, influencers, fellow comedians, possibly my mom, if I can stop cursing so much, which is not likely. So I'm going to have to bribe her, which is fine. Loves anything from sex. So I guess I'll be making a stop there later today. But we're going to cover everything from personal experiences in dating, adulting, career, maybe a touch on pop culture. I don't know. Huge Bravo fan. Why not? We're, we're just going to see where this thing goes. But while I have you here, before I end the first episode, episode one, can't believe it, um, I do want to clear something up. A lot of people who knew I was doing this podcast and barking on this, you know, thought about it, asked me if I date for content. And the answer to that question is no. Inflation has struck Sephora as well, so I would not waste the Charlotte Tilbury Foundation just on, you know, any apps and drinks, okay, and conversation that would probably bore me and go nowhere. Anyway, that is the answer to the question. Okay, so I'm going to leave you now. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm leaving you with a recount of the first date, the date that started all. Buckle up, because this one is a ride. All right, so the first date back in this cesspool, the first date that started it all, uh, I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I decided to go on Hinge because I heard that's what all the kids are doing these days. I'd never used Hinge prior, so I was basically like the little mermaid getting her fucking legs for the first time. I had no idea how to talk to people, no idea what to say. I was just socially isolated for years in a relationship and in a pandemic. So I go on and I'm like, whatever, let's just give it a go. I match this guy. Um, he's in Buckhead, if you're familiar with the Atlanta area. Um, and works in finance, which I'm not unfamiliar with. Uh, living in Manhattan and dating in Manhattan, you come across at least five to ten midtown uniforms in your day. So the finance thing is not new to me. So he's like, you want to go for drinks? I'm like, all right, like I, I guess. Like this seems really normal. And he's like, okay, meet me at the St. Regis, which it has a really nice bar. And he wasn't inviting me to a hotel. I would not have gone, guys. So we go to the St. Regis bar and everything's fine and dandy and wonderful. And then he gets up to go to the bathroom and takes his drink with him. And I'm like, wow, this is one disgusting, two weird, but I'm going to let it go. I'm like, all right, maybe this is like a thing now. Was there a roofie ring epidemic that I'm unaware of because I was buried in relationship land at the time? I don't know. So I let it go. He then comes back and is like, by the way, I made us dinner reservations in Buckhead Village. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's very nice. I guess I'll go because if I drink one more dirty martini, I'm going to be on my ass because all I've had for dinner right now is four blue cheese olives. So we go to dinner and he does it again. And then I'm thinking to myself, all right, he is like in finance and ex-military and has an MBA from an Ivy. Like maybe this is like ex-military shit. Like, I don't know. He does it a third time. The third time he comes back, I'm like, I am saying something. You know, Jersey can't hold back. So he comes to the table and I'm like, look, I don't do drugs. And if I did, I would not share them with you at this juncture. But are you doing coke in the bathroom? Because the drink three times, I mean, come on. He looks me dead in the eye and is like, I am. Do you want a bump? 
mind blown. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Am I that unentertaining and uninteresting that you have to go do coke in the bathroom to stay away on my date? Because yes, it is my date. It's about me, not you. And he's like, well, you know, with staying up all these hours, I work international finance. I'm like, I don't care. Like, this is so rude. Where's the Southern hospitality? You're supposed to be a Southern gentleman. Don't make me go Jersey on you. Come on. So needless to say, I did not stay very long. I got up, you know, got my Uber or ordering myself an Uber. And this is where it gets dramatic. He puts cash on the table to pay because I wasn't going to pay at this point. I wasn't going to pay in general, but whatever. And he starts like following me to like, you know, the sidewalk area where I'm going to get the Uber. And now people are starting to look because it's like, you know, I got up in haste and like he's following me out. So it was super dramatic. Um, So that is the date that started it all. And I hope this made you all feel so much better about your dating lives because that is just really a time, a tale for the times.